0: I'm Robbie Burns. And I'm Craig McClellan.
1: And this is the Class Nerd Podcast. Connecting teachers to the productive world of apps. Well, we are in the home stretch, Craig. This is the 10th episode
0: of our first semester of the Class Nerd Podcast. That's uh, it's crazy. We've made it. Uh, it feels like school's out for summer or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think that's quite right. No, I don't think it is either. Uh, in fact, quite the
1: opposite. Um, my... Fall year is looming in just a few weeks now, and uh, I believe that uh, you are actually quite deep into your school year, but since we're recording these episodes in advance, uh, we're actually, at the moment of this recording, are you in your school timeline?
0: Yeah, so uh, I have gone back to work, all the teachers have been in for a few days in my district, and uh, we're recording on a Saturday, and students come on Tuesday, so... Almost, almost at the, uh, the beginning of the school year. So Craig, what are we talking about this week? This week, uh, we're talking about something that I've been working on getting systems in place for all this past week since I'm about to have students. Uh, we're talking about how we manage student data.
1: And I think that this topic means something a little bit different for you and for me. Um, but I think it's going to be interesting to kind of go about some of our different Apps and workflows that we've put together for collecting data on students, whether that means that the teacher is doing the collecting or the student is submitting something that's automatically generating data for you. I think that this is going to be a really interesting way to look at some tools that are available. Now, I wanted to address right up front that I think not only do we have some different ways of viewing this topic, but I think we also have sort of different entry points into this topic. For me, Using apps, particularly third party apps, many of which today are developed by independent third party developers on iOS and Mac, is largely the result of me being very dissatisfied with the district mandated learning management system and student management system that I'm required to use for doing things like gradebook entry, uh, creating classwork, sharing it with students, having them submit it back. It's just largely very bad. Uh, We're using Canvas for our learning management system, and then we oddly have a student management system, or I guess it's not technically called that, but we basically have another place where all of our student data and parent contact information and all that stuff is contained. And they're supposed to be able to talk to each other because Canvas is where we do the gradebook entry, and it's supposed to send the grades at the end of the quarter to Synergy, but it's been broken for the past four years that we've been using it so we have to manually go back and re-enter our grades at the end of every semester. It's just a mess, and not to mention that the tools uh, that are available in many of these learning management systems uh, do not always work the way that my brain works, and even when they do, the apps that are available to manipulate this data that is put into these services is uh, very often not good. Like I can tell you, just speaking to Canvas, it's... It's Mac. Well, there is no Mac app. It's just a web based piece of software. And that's honestly the best place to use it because the iPad app doesn't do more than one tenth the things that the that the web app does. So basically, I've arrived at apps for managing student data that exist outside of that garden, so to speak, and then allow me to do some manipulating and some organizing which later I take back into that gradebook. And, and actually, actually, you know, how I then sort of reconcile that work that I'm doing with what eventually ends up being communicated to students, students and parents is kind of its own story. But that's sort of my arrival point of using other apps. Is that something that you can relate to?
0: Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so my school district uses something called Data Warehouse to store, you know, district and statewide assessment data and things like that, but it's the least user-friendly service I've ever seen. And if if my students, for instance, in my school district, students take the MAP assessments. They take the MAP assessment, which is measures of academic progress. It's reading and math, and um, you know you have to log into the MAP website. And then if they do something else, uh, like a reading level assessment, then that's stored in an Excel spreadsheet for the district. And, you know, it, everything's all over the place and not user-friendly. So for my own use with instruction, because the whole point of having data is not, regardless of what your state or the government thinks, it's not for showing how great students are or for um, should be for evaluating teachers. It should be to help you instruct. And so, um, if I'm going to use it to instruct, I need to have it in a user friendly, accessible place where I can get to it and analyze it and make decisions for how to teach in my classroom. And what the district provides doesn't work for me. So, I make choices of other apps that I can use.
1: Yeah, exactly. Some of the apps we use, I think, you know, the two of us, I know, and, I, and I'm sure many can relate to this, we want there to be as little friction between student engagement and data collection as there possibly can be. Like data collection is such a, it's a word that makes big teachers groan because it means extra work. And we ultimately do want to have good data on our students' progress because we want to be able to reflect appropriately on it. We want to be able to better communicate it clearly back to students and parents. But we don't want that perceived extra work that comes with data. And so I think a lot of our workflows today are designed at, yeah, I mean, some of them are going to be, Some of them are going to be really nerdy nerdy and fiddly, but ultimately they're designed so that the technology is out of your way and that data collection is something that's actually happening automatically as you teach your class.
0: Yes, absolutely. So today, I feel like over the course of this semester, we have flooded you with a list of apps, whether it was email apps or note-taking apps or things for lesson planning, um, we're not going to add to your list of apps today. In fact, I think we have spoken about in some way every single app that we're talking about. We're just reframing how we're using those to uh, to now talk about student data. So hopefully if in the lesson planning episode you were like, hey, I feel like what Craig said about using Agenda resonated with me and I downloaded it. Well, now you're going to hear how I use Agenda um, for managing student data. So um, we hope that this is less of an overwhelming need to buy something episode and more of let's reframe and use the tools that we've already shared to do more for us. Exactly. Well, I'm
1: going to get it kicked off. With a couple of apps that I'm stringing together, and all of these we've talked about this semester, Um, this exact workflow has actually kind of been hinted at. I'm going to start by talking about Drafts Bear workflow, kind of all at once. I'm going to describe two workflows I I use those three apps for. So Drafts and Bear, uh, Bear being the excellent third-party note-taking app we've discussed a few times, and Drafts being the awesome Note taking app, but that's geared a little bit more towards temporary scratch notes that then are sent to other apps. These two work really hand in hand for me. This past year, I was teaching these sectional pull out groups. I mentioned these a few episodes ago, I think, in our lesson planning episode. And I was talking about how I really just wanted to really quickly take notes on a really small group of students and then have that note be appended. To a note that's related to that sectional. In other words, I have a sixth grade clarinet sectional that I saw about once a week last year, and I wanted to be able to really quickly take notes without a whole lot of fuss and then append those notes to a longer note that had like a whole quarter or semester's worth of information about that class's progress. So, what I did, and we've talked about this, and I think this was in our note taking episode, we talked about how things like Evernote and like Bear can allow you to append existing notes using APIs. And so what I'm doing is in drafts, I have an action, and that action takes the text that's in my draft, and it appends it to a given note in Bear. And I, am, I will share both the drafts action and the workflow in the show notes. It's actually very, very simple. Uh, and so what I get as a result is I get this database of sectional progress in Bear, which I believe in our I think also in our lesson planning episode, I was talking about how I, in Bear, I'll have one note that's kind of like an index of all my different sectionals, and because Bear can link, you can create links within a note to another note, I basically just kind of start with this index, almost, of my my whole note app, and then I click on the sectional that I'm currently teaching, and then I can see all of that data and information, and I do all sorts of stuff. In that note, I add, uh, I mark who is absent and present because, quite honestly, the way that we do that uh, in our gradebook is very cumbersome. Not to mention the fact that these students are technically in another class at this point, and that teacher is responsible for their attendance, but I also need to be responsible for their attendance so that I can grade them and know where they are. So I'll usually do attendance in this list, I'll take notes like, uh, you know, I lost 10 minutes because I was fixing Susan's trumpet valve. Um, and so eventually that all gets organized into one long note. Now, workflow has been at the center of a number of iPad w- workflows <laughs> that I have uh, developed to be paperless. This is c- sort of now piggybacking off of our paperless episode that we did recently. When I present on the topic of technology at various music conferences, This is the workflow, it is the most simple workflow that I probably have installed in the workflow app, but it is the most popular because what I have done is I have tried to take the idea of collecting informal data about a very large group of students and then turning that into a system where you can more easily manage that data and then get it into the gradebook. So basically, the goal that I had was, okay, I'm in front of about 70 band students and There's a lot going on in the classroom, but I need a way to be able to collect informal data that does not disrupt the classroom. Like, I can't be grading them based on a rubric. I can't be collecting and passing out worksheets. Like, I just need to be able to observe a behavior, write something down really quickly on a scratch pad, and then later be able to revisit a history or an archive of that information. Now, the least frick, the way to do this with the least friction is, of course, to have something visual that makes it easy to sort of like connect what you're looking at with what the students are you're looking at with what's actually on the page or in this case the iPad. So what I've done is in OmniGraffle, which we also mentioned a few weeks ago in our making stuff episode, I created a seating chart. And the other band director at my school did a beautiful job. He actually took it and made it look like 10 times better. And this seating chart is a, I saved it as a PDF to Dropbox. And what the workflow app does is because who wants to like dig into Dropbox every day and like duplicate the file and then take the new file and rename it with the current date and then move that to the right folder you want it to be and then open it in the app that you want to edit it in. Like no one wants to mess with that. So what I do is I have this clean, fresh copy of the seating chart and then every morning or every class... I run this workflow. It's two steps. Step one looks for the correct class and the associated seating chart in Dropbox. Step two grabs that and opens it in a third-party app of my choice, which for me is Notability, also featured in our paperless episode. And then what I do is Notability is so good at just allowing you to immediately scribble on it with an Apple Pencil without triggering annotation mode or anything. I have this Seating chart on my iPad screen that I can just like immediately start writing on. And I have sort of like a syntax like G is for gum, chewing gum, L is for late, NI is for no instrument, NP is not participating. And basically, what I do is I collect this data without even really missing a beat. You know, the band is playing or doing whatever activity they're doing, and I'm just kind of scribbling on this chart. And what I do then is because Notability syncs between iOS and Mac, when I am in Canvas at the end of the week, and I am collecting data for my student rehearsal grade, then I compare these notability seating charts against a rubric that I generate their weekly classroom grade from, and then I enter those grades into Canvas. Not to mention, it is really cool because I can put the Four Score app, which is my like score reading and annotating app, on the other side of my iPad screen, and I can annotate them both simultaneously.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that's really handy. I like that the idea of having your, your little, um, crap, what's the word that I was going for? Not symbols, but what did you call it when you said, uh, you like, uh, like a syntax? Yeah. Yeah. I I really like the idea of having that syntax, um, just to even save yourself a little more time. That's, that's handy. I'm going to have to come up with something like that for myself. And the whole thing
1: is like handwritten. So again, it's very organic, so to speak. And it, once you get the whole workflow up and running, it just does not feel like you're using technology at all.
0: Cool. Well, the, the app that I'm going to talk about next, I have also mentioned, I think, back in our drafts episode. And uh, that app is Airtable. I am so ready to go down the rabbit hole with you right now. All right. We'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm excited about it. So Airtable is a relational database app. And Robbie, how would you describe a relational database? I mean, I, you started to a little bit in one of our previous episodes, but um, what's, what would you give as a short, succinct definition of relational database?
1: Okay. a Relational database is kind of like having one file that is looking at multiple different spreadsheets. So sort of imagine like if you could take three or four or even 18 different Excel spreadsheets and then have other spreadsheets that were connecting and designing relationships between the data in those other spreadsheets. But then imagine that on top of all that complexity, you could design a user interface that made you feel like you were interacting with an app. But behind all of that, there was all this spreadsheet stuff going on.
0: Yeah. I think that's great. And Airtable, I would say has a little bit less power than something like FileMaker, so there's there's less of that spreadsheety stuff going on, but um it definitely you've got you can have multiple tables that you can have connecting relationships between information on each table. So for instance, last year when I was teaching second grade and I was teaching guided reading, I would have um a an Airtable base which is the thing they call i I hate the terminology i'll be honest like an overall big main file um that you're working with and all the data in a base can connect you can't connect to other bases the base is like the the largest organization set and um then i would have a table with all of my students names and then I would have a table where I planned out my guided reading lessons. And, oh, I had a table with all of the groups that I had for guided reading. So if you're not familiar with guided reading, if you're a you know middle school band director, I'm working in small groups with students based on their reading level. So I have some of my lower readers in a group and like on-grade level readers in a group working on particular skills and my above-grade level working together. And so I have them in small groups and I can connect and say, when I have when I make an entry and I make a group and I let my kids name the group. So like in second grade, I had a group called the Lightsaber Ninjas last year. Which is awesome. And that um so, so awesome. the light <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um and so I made the Lightsaber Ninjas group, and then I could say, okay, connect the lightsaber ninjas group to These four students. And so then I can look and it'll say lightsaber ninjas and it'll list those four students. But then if I go back over those students entries on their table, there will now be a new entry that says group lightsaber ninjas. So it's connecting without me having to do a ton of work. I can assign kids to a group and then it's on both tables. So then I would have my lessons in another table and I would say, okay, the lightsaber ninjas are reading the book. I don't know. Uh, I would never use cat in the hat for a uh, guided reading, but let's go with cat in the hat right <laughs> now. Um, they're reading cat in the hat and I would plan out my lesson. Here's the vocabulary that I want to introduce. Here are, is the reading strategy. I want to make sure that they're hitting here's um, you know, questions that I want to ask them and then I can assign Uh, You know, and I'll put a date in that and I'll assign it to a group. So then in the groups table, I now have a list of all the lessons that I have taught that group. And then I finally made a notes table. And the notes table could connect to students and lessons. And then had an area for me to enter a note. And so then I could say... uh little Luke Skywalker, the lightsaber ninja is, um, you know, man, I noticed that he is not, um, reading the whole word. He's, he's finishing up, uh, and guessing at the end he's, he's getting the beginning sounds and not the ending and, uh, and put that in. And so then when I'm planning out more lessons for how to help Luke become a better reader, I can go, okay, well, here's the issue, so next time I plan a lesson, I need to focus on that strategy of, okay, read the whole word. It'll be connected to the lesson, the book we were reading, the date that it was on, and the student. And then where it gets even nerdier is I made a drafts action where I could type up a note really quickly as students were reading, hit one button, and it would pop up and ask me, okay which student are we talking about? And I'd tap the name of the student and then which lesson from Airtable. And I'd tap that and it would send it off and just connect it because the Airtable app is a little bit slow. So for like real-time typing and, and things I found that I wanted to enter things in drafts and send it off. So this system can be really complex. And I will put, I've got, I made a template of this guided reading lesson planner Airtable base. And I will link to that in the show notes Um, so you can see. And, yes, I am a Star Wars nerd all the time. It does feature people like Kylo Ren and Darth Vader taking guided reading, which is fun. Um, But you can kind of see, if you're more a visual learner, how that's laid out. And um, you don't have to go as crazy as looking at drafts and uh, writing JavaScript to enter. You can enter it in Airtable. It was also kind of a fun challenge for me to figure out how to do that. Honestly, it was uh, sometimes I found that just because you can automate something doesn't mean that you have to. Um, This week, I was laying out how I'm going to manage student data some more this school year. And uh, as I'll be just teaching math and science, I, I have a few different needs than I did when I was doing everything. And uh, I was like, well, you know, I'm going to be lesson planning an agenda. And I can tag student names in Agenda, and then I could send that to a workflow, which would then look for those tags. And if a line of text had that tag, it would connect that to a student's name, and then it would send it off to the Airtable database via the API. And I was having to like use all these crazy regular expressions, and I was... Going to kill myself making one of the, probably the most complex workflow slash shortcut that I ever have. I even like tweeted it out all proud because I thought it was cool. Like, um, and uh, then I was like, wait a minute, if I'm putting a tag next to a student's name in agenda, then in agenda, I can just search for that student's name and have all their data right there together with the lesson that it was involved in. And with the standards we were doing in that lesson and with the date it was on, I'm doing so much extra work and killing myself just for the sake of automating something. So that's that's my kind of ridiculous story from this week. Just saying, like, don't let yourself get too complicated with these things. If you've got a tool that works and it's simple, use it Um, and really that's what I'm going to be doing this year. I'm going to be using agenda and I'll go back over really quickly. What I said, I'm going to do hey, Robbie, have you, have you ever like over automated something or tried to get too deep into the weeds when it was actually a waste of time?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I feel that way. Half the time I'm in drafts or workflow. <laughs> yeah, um, <clears throat> Even my bare workflow, I mentioned earlier, I'm going to, probably be doing something like that this year, but I might just be going to Agenda, which makes it far easier to set up a new note and associate it with a calendar event.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm glad I'm not alone. All right, so really quickly, I am going to talk about Agenda and Notes apps. Um, You can do these things really, honestly, in most places, um, like Bear or anything that you can enter text into and then search the text of those. So, um, I mean, you could honestly, you could do it with Apple notes if you really wanted to, but um, basically in the middle of lessons, if I notice, hey, Susie is struggling. And if you'll remember, you may not have listened to our lesson planning episode. Agenda is a note-taking app that can be connected to calendar dates. Really easily, and so I'm gonna be doing all my lesson planning in agenda and laying out like on this date I'm gonna be teaching this math standard using this practice and um, I'm gonna be doing this number talk and here's the math task I'm gonna be using and um and then I'm gonna take notes like okay, the three kids that responded to the number talk or that I called on in number talks were um, Susie Billy and Joey, and so that way then the next day I can. Look at the go back and look at those notes and say, okay, well, I don't need to call on those three. I need to give other kids a chance. Um, and so I'll write that down. Um, if a student has a particularly creative way of solving a math task, then I'll write that down. If they're really struggling with a concept and I see what they're struggling with and I need to make note to come up with some extra work to help them understand the concept, then I'll write that down. But I'm not going to write it down with just their name i'm going to write it down now agenda has a specific people tagging system but it's really just putting an at symbol and then a person's name and then that registered as a person's tag but you could put an at symbol and put at robbie at craig at whatever in a bear note you could do that in an apple note and that would be searchable So it doesn't have to necessarily be a person's tag, but that's just a good way to categorize it as with an at symbol. And so I will write down, like, um, still doesn't have a great place value foundation. Find extra place value practice at Derek. Um, and, uh, And then if I go later into an IEP meeting for so-and-so or have a parent conference, I can just type in the search parameter at Derek and there we go. We've got um, all of the notes that have that specific tag will show up with the date, with what we were working on that day and all the information that I need. It's just, it's not overthinking things. It's putting notes about what students are doing right next to my plans for what students are going to do and connecting it all together. So that's my plan this year using agenda. But like I said, you could do that with bear. You could do it with Apple notes. I'm sure you could do it with Evernote, anything like that. And it would work out great. So totally. Um, the, the simple
1: path is often the answer it's, to me. It's like the, there's a point of diminishing return. And, um, I actually, you know, I think that, part of your decision to go on iOS has sort of led you down a path of really like grinding your skills on these apps like workflow and drafts and i think that that's a really cool thing for me i kind of tend to hit up like an earlier point of diminishing return usually for me that's when i have to start doing scripting but even myself like maybe having a like not n- needing to go quite so far into those automations I have teachers who tell me that I'm insane (laughs) because I have on my Mac like 80 things in my menu bar that are like looking into folders and grabbing files and putting them in other places. And the bottom line is like, if you are not currently using a note app and this episode makes you want to use a note app and it helps you to collect student data, that's a way big step forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You want to challenge yourself, and because as teachers we want to learn new things, but there's not always a need to learn the most extreme, crazy thing if that's not what's going to be the most helpful for you.
1: Well, that being said, we just talked about how to make it easy, if all this automation stuff is too challenging. Well, I'm going to talk now about going on hard mode. That's right. FileMaker is back. Episode 10. Here we go. <laughs> all all right. right. Let's do this. We talked about, we talked about Airtable. Airtable is the perfect setup because Airtable is a relational database, but it does not present itself at one as one because they kind of have made the, this custom UI with bright, brilliant colors and checkable boxes and images and all this really great stuff. That's media rich and attractive. Well, FileMaker is none of that uh, because the idea of creating a user interface is sort of entirely up to the user. But let me just talk real quick. I I mentioned this in our lesson planning episode. I want to talk about it a little bit more. Um, FileMaker is the back end to the curriculum that I am teaching in my sectional classes. It is the way that I am collecting student data, but it is also the way that I am planning. What are the types of standards that I have for my students? What songs are they performing for me? What criteria am I grading them on? And then it's actually the place that I do grade them. It's also the place that I communicate grades home. It's only at the very, very, very last step of the process that I even interact with my gradebook. So FileMaker uh, is being used for a number of different things between myself and the orchestra director at my school. And by the way, none of this would be possible if he were not so well-versed in writing FileMaker scripts and had not already been using it for like 10 years with his orchestra program. So I am heavily relying upon his skill and the collaborative effort between us to design a process that exists outside of our gradebook, but that takes away all of the pain points of it and tailors it exactly to how we want to use it. So, What we have, and I'm explaining just like one dimension of this database, but basically what we have is a spreadsheet of students and lots of information about them, year that they graduate, the class that they're in, parent email, student email, and we collect all of this data at the beginning of the year in a Google form because all of our students are required to read our online handbook and sign that they agree with our policies and procedures. Using a Google form, which requests all of the information we need to put into FileMaker in the Google form. So it's all mandatory information. And then what we do is we put that in an Excel or a numbers spreadsheet, and then we import that into FileMaker, which has a really easy import option for bringing in existing spreadsheets. Now, then we create another spreadsheet of all of the songs that we want our students to perform for us based on instruments. So I have like a list of about 60 songs that trumpet players will play for me about 60 songs that flute players will play for me. And then each row of this spreadsheet has the rubric built in. So it has the song title, how many beats per minute we want them to perform it at, what key it's in. Um, and then it has each of the five points of the rubric. The, one of the defining points of this process is that every single thing only has five points. And the five points are simply yes or no checkboxes, or actually they're radio buttons. So the idea is that there is a third spreadsheet that when a student performs one of these songs for us, this third spreadsheet logs a a performance record with which of those five points the student earned. And then it saves that record so that when what we're presented with is a custom user interface that we designed, FileMaker has really great tools. It's called a layout tool. You basically create a view, a user interface, for interacting with these spreadsheets. And these user interfaces can have text boxes and buttons and drop-down menus and all sorts of stuff. You can make them look like whatever you want. And you know, FileMaker is a little bit more technical than something like iWork or Pages, but a lot of the design tools are really similar to using a word processor or even like a keynote or a PowerPoint. So basically, we get this custom UI. We click on some radio buttons, yeses and nos. And then that data is saved. Now, we have scripts that can automatically send those performance results to the student, to the parent. We have scripts that can give a weekly summary of student performance. And these can actually all send automatically using a server-side rule or script that is basically associated with our... We created a Gmail email address for our music program. And so we have all these different layers. I mean, I'm explaining like one-tenth of it. But basically, the idea is that we have created this process where with like for us we want our sectionals to feel as much like the student is getting a private lesson as possible we want that ultimate engagement we also want them to be aware of their own success so by using this yes or no binary grading system and giving them very concrete points to grade themselves upon like some of the rubric points are like are your feet flat on the floor is your spine straight like things that a student can easily assess about themselves so they're able to assess themselves and each other. We are just clicking on a couple of radio buttons and then clicking the done button. And then basically what we get is this rich spreadsheet. And this is really cool because then we can like when we do our when we design who's in which band ensemble of four next year, we just simply like order them in terms of how many points they got over the year. So we ha- and this this pro- this process tracks them throughout their entire three years In the music program. So it's a pretty comprehensive situation. It can also include things. We have spreadsheets like of muse sheet music in our library and like layouts that create like automatic name tags for them so that they can like put them over their music stand at the beginning of the year. And all this stuff is automatically generated with the rich tool set of FileMaker. So at the end of the semester, we have a point goal for each student. Usually it's about, we want them to get about 20 points. We, we call them stars because then it's kind of gamifies it. They actually, we really treat this like a game. Like, we even have a FileMaker layout that has a leaderboard of, like, which students in each section have the most stars. So it kind of motivates them. And um, we, at the end of the semester, we'll go into the gradebook and we'll just basically enter in how many stars out of 20 they have received. We do it actually at the midway point of the quarter, too. And because of the email script, the parents are, like, getting regular feedback on this. I
0: don't even know how to respond because that all sounds awesome. Um, (laughs) I really like um, the idea of all of this. And I think it's especially helpful when you have such a collaborative environment with other music teachers that you're able to share the workload of building this and also inputting data into it and, and setting it up. Um, I, I love, and I love that it tracks the students through their three years. You know, obviously it's just a third grade teacher. That's not something I can use, but, um, I I'm kind of in awe right now. I'm a little speechless, um, about how cool all of that sounds. It's just not going to be something that's practical for, for me to use in my classroom.
1: But think about like a really simple use. I mean, my first entry point into FileMaker as a teacher was that I had um, instruments. I mean, this is again, this is very music specific, but this is just a more simple example to kind of wrap your mind around what a relational database can do. Is I had instruments and I had students, and I had students who were renting instruments. So I just needed to create a third spreadsheet that tracked. Okay, which of these students is renting which of these instruments, and that idea of having that third data point that's connecting the other two sheets—that's all a relational database is. And honestly. What I just described, you could create an Airtable for free and with a way easier user interface. Now, of course, I imagine that some of our listeners really want to know what the power tools are. So FileMaker is worth considering if you want to travel the, the path there. But there are such basic uses for relational databases. They're totally worth investigating.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well... Robbie, I think that might be the end of our first semester. You think we passed? I give us a,
1: a C plus for extra classiness.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, ha, what, how how are we do it on the how we do it on the nerdy scale? Ooh.
1: Um, well, we just talked about FileMaker, and you talked about uh, a draft. To Airtable action that involves JavaScript. So I think we're doing all right there, too.
0: Okay. Awesome. Well, uh, we're going to take a little bit of time off uh, before Season 2 just to get school year started um, and uh, get settled into our classrooms. We're hoping. We don't have an exact date when Semester 2 will launch, but it will be sometime this fall. And uh, you, you might hear a little bonus content from us in between then we'll we'll see maybe a little uh shall we say extra credit
1: Ooh, i love the idea of that or maybe even kind of like taking uh it's like taking a summer class but in the fall
0: right yeah exactly um in the meantime uh we are going to be putting in the show notes a link to a survey um we want to know who's listening now that we finished this first semester um, what you liked what you didn't like um what you want more of, what you want less of, all of that, so that we can plan out what our next semester was so that's your that's your exit ticket for this semester is uh is filling out that survey
1: yeah, we would really appreciate that, and um i'll just put out there too we do have a lot of content, I think we have enough content ideas that we're kicking around for at least two more semesters. And uh, we would love some guidance as to which of those topics might be interesting, or maybe none of them are interesting. Maybe there are things we're not even touching at all that you want to hear about. But most importantly, we just want to know who's listening and get some feedback, because uh, I'm having a lot of fun with this. Are you?
0: I'm, I'm having so much fun.
1: Uh, and we want to keep doing it. And we want to keep doing it in a way that meets the needs of more people.
0: Yeah. So we appreciate you listening to this semester. Um, like Robbie said, we're having so much fun doing it and hope it's a good resource. And uh, Robbie, uh, I know we'll both be getting back into school before the next time that we uh, we talk on air. So uh, hope your your school year starts well. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for what's to come.
1: Absolutely. I think I hope that yours is continuing to be awesome. And um uh... I'm looking forward to some things in the fall. We're going to talk about some things that are nerdy in some of these bonus episodes, but maybe a little less classy.
0: Yep, yeah. uh, I agree. The nerd, We'll
1: be the nerd podcast for a couple of bonus episodes for you, and then we'll, we, will, we will return to being both classy and nerdy. I, I like the sound of that. Uh, until
0: then, stay classy. And stay nerdy.